Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Laura Bradburn and I am joined as always by Brian Degnan on this Friday. How are you doing, Brian? I'm very good. 
go that Friday feeling. Just uh, early finish your work this afternoon and then a few beers in the garden, I think. So, ought to play for the day. Not too shabby. That's a nice way to spend a Friday afternoon. Um, starting off here is not too bad either. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, it's great to see you. Uh, don't forget, uh, you can help us uh, get up towards that 20,000 subscriber goal that we are rapidly approaching if you press the subscribe button and like the video. Um, don't forget, the word subscribe is misleading. doesn't cost you any money. just helps us out if you do that and you get notifications whenever we go live. So um, make sure and do that and you will help the channel get out to more people. Um, Brian, obviously some of the topics have been discussed this week already and I sometimes feel like in a Friday pre-season show uh, we are kind of covering old ground but nevertheless it's uh, it's, it's good to see we've got a couple of bits of business coming in we've got um, Moritz Jens who's come in uh, the German centre-back who I will be going to speak to later on this afternoon Um, so if anybody's got any questions they want me to ask them suitable ones uh, I'll maybe consider taking them with me um, and obviously Aaron Moy as well the, the Australian midfielder um, ex-Brighton and elsewhere I think um, I guess rather than asking you specifically about the two players what's your opinion of the, the business or the way Andrew's choosing to do business so far this pre-season are you quite happy with the pace of it and things like that because I know that we talk about sometimes the advantages of um, getting players in early, but we seem to have spread out our business a wee bit more. Do you think that's still an effective way to do it? Absolutely, yeah. I think, I mean, you need to grade it on a curve, right? Because previous seasons we've got three loanees for the Premier League in the last day of the window. Do you know what I mean? So I think, relatively speaking, this has been a highly successful window so far. Um, the key phrase there being so far, because there's still a wee bit left to do. And I do think we'll do more business, which I suppose we'll cover later. But I think that if you look at it, if you take sort of emotion and some of the, the sort of unusual takes out of things, the key, we, we built, we finished really strong in the last season with a real strong foundation in place. We secured Jota, CCV, mm. and we've covered left back that was a bit of a problem, centre back, which was a bit of a problem. I mean, not necessarily a problem, but we needed more numbers um, and we added a, a midfielder backup goalkeeper so we're improving in the areas so we're only going to get better and the players are getting better mm. um, and I think that if you look at the performances in pre-season again there's been some mad takes which I'm sure we'll talk about but I think all in all we've generally looked pretty good we've looked as if we've kind of picked straight up from last year mm. um, so there's loads to be happy about loads to be excited about I think though what I've noticed over the past week particularly there's this narrative coming in that you know, we're not strong enough for the Champions League, we're not going to compete at such a high level, there's this calibre of players not there. And what I would say to people is, you need to remember, last season, I didn't even expect us to win the league, mm. given the rebuild. So I still think we're further ahead than we need to be. I don't expect us to be really, you know, getting quite far in European competition, maybe until next year. I think there's mm-hmm. still a lot to do. We need to understand that, and there's still infrastructure things going on behind the scenes. So, I suppose it's balancing expectation versus sort of aspiration. And I think that, you know, I actually slightly disagree with that take as well because I think we'll do all right in Europe this season. But mm-hmm. there's a, there seems to be going through last season where everybody was like, oh, well, season's about to write off. No expectations. We don't even know who this guy is to this season. We're going, right, you should be winning the Champions League. Why even no signing at £40 million? And it's like, what have I second? Let's just, let's just all relax for a second and, and sort of think it through. 
and, and look at it a bit more logically. Yeah, I think um, I think from my point of view, and I, I've fallen a bit victim to this as well. I mean, we'll talk about we'll talk about the, the signings and stuff like that in a little bit more detail going into it. But I remember having a discussion with somebody earlier on in the week talking about Aaron Moy and um, how you know did I think he was Champions League quality? Maybe not. Um, more at chance, I have to say, I don't know much about at all. Um, but I guess the big thing for me is I just trust Ange so implicitly that regardless of who he's bringing in, regardless of what I think I know about the player or or the level they're going to perform at, I trust Ange to get the best out of those players. And it's it was the same back in Martin O'Neill's day. Like, would you have said on the face of it that some of those players that he brought in were good enough to to beat the likes of Juventus, AC Milan, Bayern Munich, all of those teams. Maybe not, but if you've got a manager players trust who who they can trust the the system of, um, and and he continues to bring in players who meet his expectations when they're as high as Andrews, I I, I guess it's kind of flipping on on its head everything I think I know about signings coming into Celtic just because I trust the manager so much. But that trust is earned, though, isn't it? That, that trust, mm. you can just give that blindly. And, and so, I try, so uh, there's been... Do you know what's strange, right? So I remember just before I joined Axel, and it was the 10 in a row season, and everyone went south, and Celtic fans were killing each other. And there was happy clappers, and there was Celtic dads, and there was the... And it was all this madness, right? It was all these weird cliques, right? And mm. everybody said each other. It was bizarre, right? And I hated it. But I'm starting to notice a similar thing coming in a wee bit. Because it's this, because, I mean, I, I've been particular in saying trust the process. You, you've got to look at what Ange has done. But I don't do that because I'm sort of blindly leading the party line and, and, and just being really positive all the time. The fact is, last season he proved it. He, mm. he thought, like any concerns we had, he alleviated very quickly and produced the goods. So that evidence means that there's no reason I shouldn't trust him and trust his process this season. When you talk yeah. about um, Big Yens coming in, the other thing that I think people need to be aware of is, was anybody thinking Carter Vickers was going to be as good as he was when we signed him? We no. signed a lady from Tottenham who'd been at seven clubs on loan, right? With mm-hmm. any reason to be overly excited when he came in. Jota, people tell you different now, but nobody really knew anything about him either. He knew he was a, a winger from Benfica that didn't really play much and was loaned out. And look at them. Look at how much the difference was. Look at how much people were celebrating when they came in this season because of what they'd done. Now, that was two guys that nobody really knew too much about. Say the same for Kyogo. Nobody knew who that was. I think the YouTube hits when Kyogo got announced must have been through the roof because everybody started researching and find out who he was. Hmm. Atati, Maeda, Abada. None of these guys come in with any expectations and look at what they've done. So when we look at big games coming in, yeah, we don't have any expectations, but look at what they done last season. So there's evidence to suggest that Andrew's going to get the best out of him. And see if he doesn't, we've not paid any money for him. We'll just send him back and not take up the option to buy. So yeah. I, I just think like, I'll be negative if something warrants it. There was negative times last season where I thought we'd perform poorly. Or I did question a couple of Andrew's decisions in terms of squad rotation. Um, and I'll do the same this season. If it's the case, or if you get to the last day of the window and we sell Juranovic and O'Reilly and Kyogo is Southampton, that'll question the board. But at the moment, 
I don't need to because everything's going quite well. And I think we're in a good place. And I think patience is just required. And let's get let's get competitive and, and see where we're at. Yeah, I think I think what you say is exactly right. There is like um, you know, people. I think sometimes people watching and listening to this podcast sometimes tell us that you know we don't criticise enough of the board, especially when things are going well. And and maybe we don't talk about that side of things when things are going well. But I think that's part of being a football fan as well. Is if things are being delivered on the pitch and success is being delivered on the pitch, I personally feel like you've got less to question then. You know, like when the 10 in a row season fell apart, like you said, the reason you were looking elsewhere than just on the pitch was because you thought, well, the the product on the pitch is a, is a byproduct of the rest of the way the club's being running. So if it's poor, then we have to look at the rest of the club and see what's going on. Whereas if it's good, then then we don't need to worry so much about some aspects of the rest of the club. Now, I would probably get slaughtered for saying that because that's me writing off some issues that I know Celtic still have. But, uh, you know, looking at, again, comparing the 10 in a row season to now, not just from a playing point of view, I quite like the fact that, you know, we were begging for communication from the board before because we didn't feel like we were getting it. Now we don't feel like we even need it because all we need is a good team on the pitch and that's what we're getting now. So I'm sure if things change, like like you say, we'll be the first to say so. And even still, there'll be decisions Ange makes throughout the season that, that, that we don't agree with and we'll say so on this podcast. But you can't complain when there's not a lot to complain about, which I think is, is fair as well. So um, Cameron well, Roberts... Well. The, the thing I think is important to always um, make a distinction of is you get... Celtic, when you talk about Celtic, you talk about the, the football team and the players. Then you talk about, say, recruitment and the business side. Then you talk about board members. So it's all kind of separate. And you can have separate discussions about each, about the merits of each. Mm. And when everything's kind of working, you don't need to focus on parts that maybe aren't working as much because why would you? Do you know what I mean? Like, And I think as well, like the way I'm seeing Celtic now, new CEO, new manager, Mm. And I think what that means is I'll judge them on what they're doing football-wise over the course of the next couple of years. I see people saying we've not achieved much in Europe over the past 10 years, and they're right, but that's neither Ange nor Nicholson's fault at this stage. Yeah. So there's no point, in my opinion, there's no point dragging that up because that's legacy issues. It's the same with the academy. I was quite critically at the academy last season purely because I don't think there was enough talent there to come through into the first team. Mm-hmm. But I don't blame Ange. Nicholson for that at this stage. If it's still like that in 10 years' time, then I'll be saying, hold on a second, why they don't get fixed. So you need to kind of take things in, in stages as well and try and... It's hard to take the emotion out of things in it. Like, yeah. And, and I've seen some some crazy emotional takes about Aaron Moy and I've seen people buying their chest and shouting and bawling and, you know, getting themselves all excited but not having any actually idea what they're talking about. And it's a wee bit frustrating sometimes. And it doesn't mean that they have to agree that, you know, it's a great sign or not, but I think... There's a kind of a hyperbole comes in, mm. in fact. and and I don't know. I think people just need to, to sometimes just take a second and look at it a bit clearly and look at where we're at. And and I, I think broadly most things are going well. If I'm honest. Yeah, no, I, th- I think I agree. We've got some comments coming in. Uh, Cameron Robertson on YouTube says we're in a far better place at this stage of the season compared to the 
the past so many years. I think, I think the lack of Champions League qualifiers to prepare for is, is a big factor in that as well. Um, and uh, just in response to the comments I made about Martin O'Neill, Michael Ross says we spent a decently under O'Neill and got European final. That's the key speculate to accumulate, which I think is fair. But I disagree with that to an extent, <laughs> right? This is why I disagree to an extent. So I, I think that you need to speculate, yes, but what you can't... So say, for instance, we spent £50 million in this transfer window Mm-hmm. to guarantees the last 16 or last eight of the Champions League. Is that likely? Is that guaranteed? No. So say we spend it and we don't happen. We, we, we get a really bad draw. We end up in Europa League, get a bad draw there and drop out. Are we then going to spend another 50 million next season to sign it and the season after? What I would rather we did is spend 20 million on players and 20 million on a structure that's going to give us long-term sustainability and long-term mm-hmm. success. So I get what the guy's saying, you need to speculate, I understand that. But that I think that's quite a short-term view. Because we can speculate this season and go bananas and sign sign all the players, right? Sign sign twelve players at six million each. Mm-hmm. Push for the Champions League and it might still not work. It might be a better chance, but it might not work. And we're not going to do that next season or the mm-hmm. season after. We simply can't. So I know we've got more money to spend than we need at the moment, probably. I don't think we spend... I think it was something like we spent £9 million if you take away transfers out and transfers in based on this season and last. Something yeah. like that. But, and I get the cry for to add more money in. But it's not something that guarantees you success. Yeah. Really. And I just think, yeah, you could do it maybe this season. But then what happens next season? What happens the season after? You've got to have a sort of long-term plan in place and hopefully that's what they're doing. And it's something they've failed on in the past few years. So I do get um, Michael's frustration there, but I've got to say, I, I would never expect Celtic to spend that amount of money. I think Anne said when he came to the club, he was under no illusions that we wouldn't um, spend. We're not the guy that club's going to spend, spend, spend. But you can't mm-hmm. hold it. Um, and and that's, that's the case. Yeah, um, Strange Love the Doctors in agreement. We speculated on Barkas and Ayeti. Look how that went. It's it's hit and miss with these things, but I tend to agree with what you're saying, especially in the current day. I mean, um, you know, players of the calibre of some of the ones that Martin O'Neill signed back in the day would cost you even more money now and are probably a bigger financial risk. And nobody is a guarantee of success. I mean, we don't have to look too far uh, across the way. You know, Rangers fans were in some ways, reasonably excited at the signing of Aaron Ramsey and that couldn't really have gone worse. So, um, you know, a big name is not necessarily a guarantee of any kind of success and and God knows some of the heroes we've had at Celtic Park are people who we never heard of before they walked in the door. Lubo Moravchik and Henrik Larsson spring to mind. So, um, Look at at Hugo and Hitati. Yeah, yep. You know, O'Reilly. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I mean, yeah. my God, look at what they cost very, very, very little. So it's about buying right and using the money appropriately. And as I say, I think that you want continued success and you want to build on that, but mm-hmm. we need to invest in infrastructure and academy and proper scouting and recruitment to get these bargains. That's where the money should go first, as opposed to saying, I mean, imagine imagine we'd have spent five million on Shane Duffy in the 10 in a row season and literally with a yeah. His own paper, yeah. I know what I'm going to say, is everybody was excited about him coming in. It seemed a good signing. So again, just because they're a big name or big money doesn't guarantee that's my only point. Just not to go off on too much of a tangent here, right? Yeah. But, well, I, but, I, but I want to. I, I, I'm not, I, I really don't deal in hindsight. Like I'm not one of those people, but I always thought, and it proved to be right, I think. She, I, I always get worried when we get a big bruiser of a centre-back like Shane Duffy in, whose main speciality and something he is still to this day very good at is lumping the ball away, heading it away, being part of teams that are under constant attack. I never saw anything before he came to Celtic or when he was in a Celtic shirt that suggested to me, oh, he's going to be good in a team that has possession most of the time. And it proved to be correct. Even in a, a league the level of Scotland, like that he, that he was going to have to play a style of football that was not something he was accustomed to coming from the clubs he was coming from. And I think to bring that back to the present day, I think that's what we're seeing with Ange. We're seeing him bring in players from other teams who are maybe of a similar standing or play a similar brand of football or at least have the ability to play the football. He knows that he wants possession-based football. He knows that that's what we're going to get in Scotland most of the time. And so he's not interested in players who play under siege at the clubs they're at most of the time. Is that, is that an unfair assessment of Shane Duffy or am I praising the signings Andrew's making too much? I think that's pretty fair. What I've said before is... Um, you know, being good enough isn't enough. It's not just like I remember when we were talking about signing players and, and people were saying, you know, just sign a good player, just sign a defender to clear the ball, just sign a striker to score a goal, just sign a keeper to save. But it's not about that. You can see mm-hmm. that in how just playing. It's about recruiting properly. You know, and, and that's key. It's doing it right. It's the right player for the right club at the right time. And yeah. it's actually the right type of person. And he's going to do the right so far. You, you, you have to say that. Um, I think the, the question marks are guys like McCarthy. Um, for me, Gucci's a wee bit of a question mark. Okay. Um, I might call that a flag for that, but um, I think he's a wee bit of a question mark for me. They say McCarthy. And if you guys at Urigidi Shaw, Ayeti, um, they're all kind of still hanging about. And I think in Julian, we don't even know what's happening with him, if he's going to be our players. So we're still working with getting these guys away first, but. Um, I think in general, you have to say 80-90% of recruitment has been very good under Ange. Yeah, um, we'll get on to Adeguchi in a little bit because I was interested, I think you mentioned that in the group chat like during one of the games during the week that Adeguchi's still leaving a bit of um, room for to make an impression for you so we'll get back to him but the strapline we talk about there um, and we mentioned them earlier is how telling is Ange's response to EPL interest in Matt O'Reilly so for anybody who didn't see it um, I don't actually have a list of the clubs that are interested, but there is um, 
there is some rumoured interest in Matt O'Reilly from Premier League clubs, which, to be honest, I'm not surprised that. He was, for me, one of the best players we had in a Celtic shirt last season and I'm sure will be this season. Um, but for anybody who didn't see it, um, Andrew was asked about the interest from the Premier League and said, I'm not seeing anything from Matt to suggest he's thinking about these things. The players know why big clubs might come for them. It's not because we've given them publicity. It's the work they do day in and day out. He's established himself at first team level at MK Dons and then with us. He's at the beginning of his career. We'll push him to be the best he possibly can be, um, as we do with all of them, because that's what's required here. So, I mean, I guess reading that, whether whether Matt O'Reilly, as Ange says, is thinking about a move or not is sometimes kind of irrelevant because a club can say we're accepting a bid for you and there's not really much he can do about it. And he's also not saying there has been no interest or there has been no offers. But surely, and we talked about it last week, surely, and I'm not being wishful in my thinking here, you know, from a, a point of view of same with Juranovic, there's a World Cup coming up in six months. He's He's got a settled first-team role here. He's seen as a key player. Surely it's in Matt, Matt O'Reilly's best interest for this season, at least, to, to stay where he is. Yeah, so th- there's a couple of things to take away for us, but we'll talk about Matt O'Reilly first, I think. Mm. Guys like him, Juranovic, any of the players in the squad, I think the Champions League, if they perform well in the Champions League, that is what gets them a move to a, a bigger club. At the moment, you know, Leicester might come in for him, right? If he pulls on well in the Champions League, he could be a much bigger club than that comes in. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on how well he does. So if the players are thinking maybe moving on, I think even then they would still be thinking, well, let's stay here, let's do it in the Champions League, let's do it in the big stage first. Let's play consistently, get our international um, caps in, get started for our national teams, and then that value goes up, and by extension your market, uh, sort of value goes up and your branding goes up and mm-hmm. become more attractive to sort of wealthier clubs I'm going to say bigger clubs but certainly wealthier clubs in terms of Ange and his reaction I kind of I kind of just love the sort of confidence and the, the, the sort of ego it's no arrogance but it's just the case of well this is Celtic this is what we are doing if somebody comes in for him and he goes I've got somebody else to do the job because we are Celtic and we're bigger than that Mm. And he's kind of been consistent for that. Even last season, it was very much the case of, well, the players don't want to come, I'm not going to convince them. They want to be here, they'll be here. They want to play for me, they'll play for me. They don't want to do either, they won't be here. That's kind of it. He's very sort of, and it's a great attitude, to, it's a great life lesson to take away as well, but he can't affect what other people do, what other clubs do. He can only face any the challenges he gets. And if Matt Riley and Juranovic went tomorrow, then his challenge would be replacing them. And I think he would face into that. You saw it last season when there was decisions that didn't go away or when we had a lot of injuries and he praised the resilience of the squad and his own resilience and his coaching team's resilience because they just got on with it. Mm-hmm. They never went complained, they made excuses and, and, and flat about. They just got on with the job because the priority isn't him and his team, the priority is Celtic Football Club and our success. And I kind of love that. So... Again, it's, it's, it's a weird Ange effect in it because I'm actually, even when I hear speculation, I don't really panic as much because as much as I'd be devastated to see Matt O'Reilly go, um, I would take to see him go but love to watch him leave, I think is the phrase. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't really fear because I think Ange will face into that and he'll have a backup yeah. plan and he'll be all right. 
Um, and again, that's credit to to him and the sort of confidence that we've saw. And it's not, so it's not just because we want to believe that it's wishful thinking. We've saw that type of belief in the system, in the players, in the culture. And I think that moving forward, um, we'll stay there. Yeah, um, we'll come back to that in a wee second. Robert Little's just put a comment in. Surely you can't put every big name signing the same as Ramsey, so don't sign a big name then. No, I don't think that's what either of us were saying. I think we were just saying... Um, Does it guarantee you? you can, yeah, you can't guarantee. And, and I think, to to be fair, uh, any club in Scotland signing Aaron Ramsey would have thought they were on a surefire thing of a, a good signing and it didn't work out the case. So not to say that not to try these things, but they just won't always work out. So, um, But yeah. I'm not going to be turning down any big name signing uh, anytime soon. But um, Laura, can I just pick up something I saw in the comments there? Mm-hmm. Saying, um, you know, they can't understand why people are happy with the board sense of sort of uh, lack of ambition, I think was the, the phrase. I don't think that is what either of us are saying. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, if we just had the chance to get Jota and Carter Vickers for six and a half million each and we didn't take it because we didn't want to spend the money, I'd have been furious, but we did do it. I believe that whatever Andrew's wanted, within reason we've got, now just because we don't get a signing in doesn't mean it's because the board only paying the money. It might be the player don't want to come. Mm-hmm. And there is a finite resource as well because they, you know, they do have uh, shareholders to be accountable yeah. to. So I don't think anyone wants it to be a, a, a lack of ambition. I don't think anyone it sort of endorses that. I certainly don't. I want us to go... I've said loads of times I want us to be at a strong level in Europe. I just don't think throwing money at it is the solution, is my point. It's not about a lack of ambition. It's about how you achieve that ambition. So just me personally, it's not that I'm, I particularly do cartwheels when I see him bank here and, and want to get a picture of him and, and I love all the gold. I think the series change needed. My point is, in terms of how we're doing things, I sort of trust the process that Angie's operating in and that isn't going to change. So... Mm-hmm. If we got some sheep to come in and we could spend a hundred million a transfer window, fair enough. But that's not the position we're in. So it's about setting the reality for me and, and working within that as opposed to constantly moaning about something that's not going to change. Yeah, and I think I, I think as well is like I don't think either of us are saying you know, we're in full admiration of Ange as both of us like to go on about. We know how ambitious he is and, and, and how much he targets the highest possible level. I'm sure his ambitions will outstrip Celtic football club's ambitions or the board's ambitions, certainly at some point. But I don't know that we can accuse the board of not matching his ambitions just now. I think most of the things he's asked for, he's gotten. We're not dealing with a situation where they wouldn't give an extra 50000 for John McGinn the way they didn't uh, for, for Brendan Rodgers. Or, you know, the, the, the purse strings aren't as tight as that. Um, and, and so maybe... Maybe, I don't want to say it, maybe they deserve a little bit of credit for the way they're treating Ange just now. Yeah. But We're only yeah. talking about the, since Ange's came in here. Yeah. That's the other thing. The context of the conversation isn't about Wall's time. It's not about historically. It's just yeah. this year and last. So just for clarity. And, and again, just somebody's got themselves so excited in the comments and said, they think I want a photo with Ian Bank here? I've seen <laughs> it, I literally said it, but... Um, oh, he might want a photo with me. Who knows? <laughs> oh, who knows? Who knows? Indeed, it's just it, it's just interesting. And listen, I'm not I'm not sitting here. Brian will probably say the same. Any Axom contributor will say the same. A lot of people watching will say the same thing. 
football fans, myself included, are fickle people. It only takes us to win a few games before I'm back on cloud nine and it only takes us to lose a few games before I want the entire board sacked. So, you know, if we're sitting sixth in October uh, and, and we're sitting... a shark about. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong, I'll be an absolute hypocrite if it, if it, if it comes that way. So, um, but I, listen, I suppose, you know, it's all banter, but it, it's good that Everyone's so passionate about Celtic and loves it so much that they all want the same thing. So he, he, I kind of I never really particularly um, offend even people who don't agree because that's all right. That's what you're supposed to do because you're aiming for the one thing. Yeah, no, I think I think we are, and I think that's something we can all definitely agree on. How we get to the success we want is maybe different amongst us, but the one thing is we all want success, and that's hopefully how how things are going to go going forward. Um, a big way of uh, and meeting that success is with the recruitment of new players. And as I said, it's been discussed to some extent on, on previous podcasts this week. But Brian, I have to admit, the, the, the Aaron Moy signing, on the one hand, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it, maybe because it had been in the offing for a while. But when I thought about it, I do remember a lot of performances he's had over the years in the Premier League where he stood out for various reasons and... I think certainly domestically he's going to be a great addition to the team. Do you think do you think he's got, as we talked about earlier, that that ability under Ange to, to make that step up into Champions League football? So this is this is I think he was a, a fairly risk averse signing. I think a decent signing. I think domestically he'll still be probably the best passer in the league outside of Celtic. I think he's got a great range of passing. He knows Ange, he knows how the team plays, you know, he, he's going to fit in fairly easily. I just don't think, it depends, so some people, I think Kev Famous, and he thinks he'll play as the sort of holding midfielder and might even play in the Champions League. I disagree, I, I think he'll be cover for if O'Reilly or Turnbull get injured. I, I don't think he's going to start, I think he's he's going to come on for the bench or maybe start some games domestically his rotation. I don't, I think he's the, the sort of player that's going to pushes ahead in Europe. I think it's just about squad depth because, you know, and I think we're going to talk about him, but if if O'Reilly and Turnbull or Hitati drop out that attack midfield role, I think it's a huge drop-off to Gucci. So far, mm-hmm. anyway, I might be wrong. Whereas I think Moy, he's got that similar qualities to Turnbull, particularly. He's long range of passing, his ability to split the lines. And I think to get a player of that ability for free, who really knows the manager? I, I, I'm pretty comfortable with that. If yeah. we were, were facing Real Madrid in the Champions League and he's starting and he's playing in that whole midfield role and he's the marquee signing, then that's that's a different spec on it. I just don't mm-hmm. see that happening. So I suppose my opinion will be sort of validated closer to when we start seeing competitive action. But for me, I'd imagine you start some domestic games or a wee cover coming off the bench. I don't think he's going to be the you know, the, the the fifty game a season, man. I don't think that's what he's signed for. I could be wrong, but that's no that's not how I see it. Um I don't necessarily agree with like I said before, whenever we sign somebody it should be to be challenged or be better than the person we already got. And I think mm-hmm. Seagrist could challenge Hart. I don't know if he will, but I think he could. He's a very good goalkeeper. Um I think he'd be on the bait left back could certainly overtake Taylor at mm-hmm. some point. Um I think uh, big Jens, I think he's probably better than Welsh. 
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Well, we don't know how he is compared to Starfield, so I think we've signed well and we've signed players that actually add to the squad so far. Moyes yeah. is a question mark, but again, I think if you look at the context around his signing, I don't think he's here to, um, to, to be starting Champions League games and winning his leagues. I think he's there to contribute as a, a squad player, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, I think I, I would say I probably agree with that, but he might he might surprise us and, and, and stake his claim, which I hope he does because it will be all the better for the squad. And um, we'll come back to one of the points you made there in a second. I just wanted to bring this up from Peter McGee on YouTube. It says, I'm happy to give the board credit for appointing Angie and letting him go on with his chosen signings. However, I'm still not prepared to forgive them for all their past sins. I think that's fair. And I don't think that's uh, in contradiction yeah. to anything that we were saying. So, um, but that's that's... Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, but I think picking up on what you said about Moy is, and I, I agree to an ex- or, or, or I, I can see where your your mind has kind of shifted because I'm of the same mind of like, you always want every player to come in to be fighting for the first 11 and taking a shirt off somebody else, which ideally they should be. But I think Moy, what he might do as you alluded to is bridge that gap between the drop-off between an O'Reilly and a Turnbull and an Eddie Gucci. And so even if he's not going to be first choice for whatever reason, um, bridging that gap is only going to help us as the season goes on because a second choice player becomes a first choice player at some point in the season because of the nature of the way things go. And I mean, look, look for example, at the number of injuries we had to deal with last season. There's no such thing as a completely first choice 11 for us I don't think based on that alone so it'll be interesting to see where he comes in but listen I've I've put it off long enough I want to get into this Idiguchi thing what's your what's your hot take on Idiguchi like I I because I have to say I, I've not I mean I've not saw enough enough of him I don't think to say I have a particularly strong opinion of him one way or another I don't think he's set the heather light since he came I think obviously his his injury problems have been an issue, but I wouldn't say he's been terrible either. But I'm starting to hear people sort of saying, "No, they don't think he's up to scratch." So, so where do you sit on that? So I have to caveat this with saying, obviously, it's just pre-season, so you know maybe need to see more time on him. But just so far, I don't really see what he offers. Mm-hmm. Like I can't really tell you what, what his game is what his strongest position is, what he, what he brings to the team. He obviously is a decent player, Andrew Dembrungham, but I, I just, I don't really know what he offers. And, you know, if you've got Hitati, McGregor, uh, O'Reilly, Turnbull, any, co- like, of those four starting, any combination of that, are very comfortable. I think Moyo will come into that and do a good job. 
But if Gucci starts starting games, I, I just don't know what I'm expecting from him. Yeah. And I, I just think that if he's cover for McGregor, you know, it, he's, he's maybe got that energy around about the park, but I don't think he's got the passing. If he's cover for Tati, again, he's got that passing, but he's not got that intelligent pass. Um, he's not, you know, didn't look to be scoring goals. I, I don't know, I just kind of quite figure him out. So for me, he's the one I'm, I'm a wee bit, not worried about that's probably harsh but I just I don't get excited when he comes on I, I just don't know what he offers yet and I think he's one of the players I really hope proves me wrong yeah like I hope I'm walking along the street and he comes up and sticks his fingers up my face and he says he scored 10 goals and I'm Ryan I'd be delighted that I just kind of see what he's offering at this stage and I think that's why that you know we need I think we definitely need another midfielder on that number six role 100%. I think it's a position we need to fill. I think we will. Um, but I just don't see where he fits in the squad, if I'm honest. Yeah. And I'm happy to be educated and I'd love to be proved wrong, but I just, I can't quite figure him out. It doesn't excite me as a player. Yeah, I think it's, it, that's something that I, I think always happens when we're on the pod is, it's quite funny because I would love nothing more for a player to prove me wrong when I criticise them in a Celtic shirt because if I criticise them in a Celtic shirt then the only way they can prove me wrong is by doing better which is what I want so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens but just as a, a snapshot of exactly where the Axon viewers are with Adiguchi we've got all um, across the spectrum in terms of opinions so Gary Melrose says Gucci has been quietly effective hopefully that's not damning with faint praise um, uh, Enru91 says Gucci is fine whereas Monty says uh, I would sell a de Gucci at the first opportunity. So we've got uh, all all corners of the globe there as far as opinions on de Gucci is concerned. I think the thing that concerns me about him more is, and this is a this is not specific to him. This is any player I'm talking about. I I always get concerned when you can't really tell after watching a player exactly what position he's playing in or exactly what his strongest position is. And I think that's a problem with him. Is like you, you can tell with other players that even if they're not playing in their strongest position, they've been well drilled by Ange and they know what their job is and they know what their role is. And regardless of whether Callum McGregor's a brilliant defensive midfielder, he's been told to play defensive mid today and he's doing it. Regardless of whether um, Maeda is a particularly natural uh, number nine, on the occasions he's been asked to play number nine, that's the role he's playing and he sticks to it. You know, it's not to say that players are always playing in their strongest position, but you know what they're doing. Eddie Gucci, I feel a little bit like, and I don't know if it's because he doesn't understand his role or if he's just taken a while to get used to things under Ange. I don't, I just don't, I'm the same as you, I don't know exactly what it is that he brings to the squad or to the team that makes me go, oh, he's good for that job. Um, and I think that's where there's a major issue as far as he's concerned. Does that concern you about him going into this season? Do you think he'll eventually find his feet? Or do you think, you know, has he had long enough to do that? Are we needing to look at other options? No, I mean, I don't think... Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say I would sell him, but I just, I'm not sure. I think he needs more time. Like, it's just my initial sort of feeling is I don't really... I don't really get him. It doesn't excite me. I don't really see where he's going to fit. Um, but again, I'll give him enough. I'll give him enough things if I've got any saying it. But <laughs> as, a, as a viewer, I'll give him the, a, a bit of a chance before I judge. I say, obviously, Ange, you know, 
likes him and likes him as a player, so I can't really argue with his judgment. It's just for me at the moment, I kind of see it. Um, but irrespective of how well he does, we definitely need, in my opinion, um, back up for McGregor in that number six role. Um, yeah. Because I just don't think that, you know, again, I like McCarthy in that position. I just don't like him in that position for Celtic. I think in a different team, he's a good player in a good position. I just don't think it's working for him. Um, so he kind of be the, the backup for McGregor. And Gucci, if that's his position, it doesn't inspire me with the confidence that he's McGregor's backup either. So yeah. I do think we need a, at least a sort of holding midfielder in there. Um, but again, I, I could be proved wrong and I'd be delighted to be. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny Ryan says, and brought in Gucci, do you still trust them? See what he did there, Brian? He took ah. what I said earlier and he flipped it on me. I, oh, honestly, God, he's got me. You've got me, Johnny. Well, I see, that's, that's, that's what I said. Like, if I'm just him in, then we have to think that he's, he's obviously got a quality that maybe we've not seen yet. So yeah. that, that's why I said I wouldn't sell him. But just for me personally, I don't know what that is yet. Yeah, in short, I do still trust Ange, even if I don't see everything from a player that that he maybe sees from them. So, um. Looking at the results we've had this week, we've obviously played a few games this week. Um, Blackburn Rovers was one of them. Um, we obviously played in Poland against Liga Warsaw uh, for Arthur Boric's last game. We've got Norwich tomorrow. Um, I guess a, a major factor of the, the pre-season that has concerned me a little bit, and we talked about it last week, but it is a trend that's unfortunately ongoing. Just looking at the... The scoring record so far. So obviously we beat um Werner Victoria 7-0 in the first game. We then drew um three each with Rapid Vienna. We beat Bannocks 3-2, uh, drew two each with Blackburn Rovers, and we drew two each with Liga Warsaw. So that's us conceded at least two goals in four out of the five matches uh in the in the preseason. Um is that a concern to you? Um, I, I saw people last week saying, you know, we've not played our strongest backline and, and all that kind of thing and it's pre-season and it needs to be experimental and I get all that, but are you starting to feel as though we should have had a more settled backline there and we should be looking a bit more sured up at the back than we have been so far? No, necessarily, no. I don't, I don't think I'm too concerned about it because it's pre-season, to be fair. Like, I think there's... People in pre-season have shown up really well. There's people that I don't think have. The one thing I would say is there's a, there looked to be a massive drop-off in quality between probably our sort of strongest players playing and their sort of cover. You notice that particularly um, in the, the sort of Arthur Boric farewell game. The second half was was pretty poor, mm. especially given how good the first half was. So that's a wee bit of a concern, but I can't also imagine them with too many things throughout the season that second 11 will be the 11 we, we play. So that's where I'm, I'm, I'm not hugely concerned. Because, um, again, I think that there's a, a bunch of factors around the conceding the goals. And, look, the, the, the reality is we're going to concede goals the way we play anyway. It's, it's that sort of high-risk, high-reward. And I don't think... I mean, though, in saying that, actually, last season we, we, were, we were pretty strong defensively. At the start of the season, we, we, we could look at vulnerable at times. Um, I think it's just going to take a bit of time to get into that rhythm. But again, once you start to see a consistent starting, you know, 11, or I think Kev Graham said it really best, he says we don't have a starting 11, we've got a starting 16, and they just mm-hmm. rotate. I think that's probably right. I think once that's played every week, I, I'm not too concerned. I think we'll be okay. Um, but again, we just have to be... 
it's that thing where you, you can't be talking about how good we're attacking and stuff like that. If you see goals we're rotting at the back, it's not always how it works because sometimes we can see at the back because the midfield's getting away or mm-hmm. it, the, the strikers and they take their chances and that's putting pressure on the back. So it's not always just about the defence, it's about the team in general. Um, and that's the same for the guys going forward. They've got that freedom to go forward because the back line's um, doing a good job. So there's various things to take into account, uh, but I'm no, I'm no particularly um, worried so far. I don't think pre-seasons... You obviously have a better judgement, right? Because you sort of thought, well, I don't know about Hammer, I don't know about them, I don't see them having a, a, a great season. There's other guys you think of... I mean, I think Hitati, for instance, has shown up and he's been excellent. He really yeah. started to look like the player we wanted him to be. And the player I thought he, he was going to be consistently. So you can take positives and negatives for pre-season, but it is pre-season. That's the context. And I don't think we can get too bogged down about it, if I'm honest. Yeah, any proof that we need that pre-season doesn't factor into the real season is is you only need to go back as far as uh, Albina Yeti last season was, you know, reasonably... Yeah, he was playing, playing reasonably well, started last season reasonably well as well. And yeah, we all know where that went. So, um, you know... Uh, I, as always, um, I need to calm down when it comes to Celtic and just see how it goes. But uh, never calm down, Laura. Never yeah. calm down. I, I was going to say I've never done it for thirty odd years. I'm not going to start now. So, <laughs> um, but an interesting point here brought up from Pat O on YouTube, and I and I feel like you alluded to it earlier. So I'm going to pop the question in the on the screen for you. I can see Seagrass being number one. Uh, no pun intended intended I don't know where the pun is but anyway um, uh, what do you think of that you know is Joe Hart potentially going to be second choice this season has Segrist been brought in to be the number one do you think without anybody going out and out and saying that what do you think the chances are of him taking the sticks given given the fact that Joe Hart was such a vital major part of our success last season as well I, I don't think he's been brought in to replace him I think he's been brought in to compete with him mm-hmm. I think that you know, Hart came in last season, he had a bit to prove, and he done that, I think. I think he's, he's done with a couple of mistakes, as all goalkeepers will do at some point, but mm-hmm. I think he did, and I think he, he really sort of helped our defence as well. But if he did get injured last season, it would have been a massive drop-off, as we've spoken about. I think now if Seagrass comes in, I'd be pretty comfortable. Um, and he may be a long-term replacement, but for the moment, I think Hart's number one. And unless he's a, a drastic drop in form, I don't see him being changed too often. And it, it sort of said he's not hugely fond of changing the, the sort of goalkeeper and his two centre-backs. It's mm-hmm. kind of the positions he won't rotate too often. Um, the flip side of that is if he does get a, if Segris does get a chance and he does well, I think he'll keep it until such times as he makes a mistake and Hart comes back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Hart starts the season as number one and rightly so, I think. Um, and I think having competition there, Hart seems to have a guy that will thrive on that which is the quality you want in all your team. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he'd be competition. I don't think he's the replacement. Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm in agreement with that. Like, I think, obviously, Segrist is a significant part younger than, than um, Joe Hart, and so his future at Celtic is maybe more assured in the long term. But I think Joe Hart's done nothing to suggest he should lose his place um, so far that I've seen. And um, I think given... 
you know, we all know the problems we had between the six in the, in the previous years, and given how much he shored things up for his last season, he's been a vital part of of the success we've had. And I, I would be certainly be starting um, against Aberdeen with him on the thirty first of July. Speaking of which, um, we've got the game against Norwich tomorrow, and then Sunday the thirty first of July is the league opener against Aberdeen at Celtic Park. Um, how much, if any, business do you think we're going to do between now and then? Do you think things are pretty sewn up as far as that side of things is concerned? Is he just going to work with what he's got now? Or do you think we're looking to to strengthen in any other areas of the squad before the, the transfer window slams shut, as they like to say? As they like to say. Um, I, I think we've got a, a defensive midfield run. I still think um, I still think that's going to be key. Um, I, I, I I hope we do anyway. That position that is a wee bit of a concern to me, especially if McGregor gets injured. I think there's a there's too much of a drop off if he gets injured for me. So we need mm-hmm. someone that can can sort of do what he does, or even if he doesn't do exactly what Cal McGregor does, he's effective in a different way. Um, like even so, Beaton was someone that's much to cry, but I think he had a pretty good season last season. I think most people would agree. And times he came came in for McGregor, I think he done reasonably well. But I don't think Gucci or McCarthy are maybe not capable, maybe that's harsh, especially with Gucci because he's not seen enough of him. But I just think there's too much of a drop. So that's a position that I do think. Everywhere else, I would probably be okay if I never seen anybody else. Mm-hmm. I think it will depend on who goes. So I still think Julian will go. I think Ayeti will go. Probably he'll go and loan somewhere. And I think guys like Shaw, Urigidi, um, I think there's some of those kind of French players will still go as well. Mikey Jones will be an interesting one. Um, I think a lot of people have been suggesting he should go, but it seems like Ange quite likes him. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with him this season. Um, and it's good that guys like Rocco Vata and Boston Lowell have been in about the first team. I think that sort of serves him in good stead moving forward. You could see them featuring a wee bit more. And, you know, I think I would rather... If we're going to be looking at the, the sort of squad depth, I'd rather supplement that with guys for the youth academy than mm-hmm. just sign a player to substitute that. Unless, of course, they don't have the, the quality required, such as getting the Canaran Moy in, because what if anyone like him, they can come in. Um, so, you know, I, I think if we get a certain uh, defensive midfielder, I'd be pretty comfortable. Um, I'd be a wee bit disappointed if we don't, because I do think that's an area we need. But again, there's plenty of time. I think the, is it the end of August the transfer window shuts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's around about that time, yeah. So we well, do have a little bit of time when the season starts. Um, and again, it may depend on players leaving, but I think you see, still see a bit of movement yet either way. Yeah, and I, and I don't I don't doubt Andrew used the first few games of the season. I mean, before the end of August, we've got um, Aberdeen, Ross County, Kilmarnock, uh, Harps and Dundee United. So, you know, there's a f- good few games there against some decent opposition from a domestic standpoint where he can assess what he needs if there's anything kind of missing and hopefully bring something in. But knowing Ange, I don't know that that's necessarily the way he works. I'm sure he'll have people in his mind that he's already got uh, targeted or, or deals nearly done. I, I quite enjoyed, actually, that he was so open last week and, and that he obviously is a man of his word as well, that... It was very strange because he said last week during a press conference, oh, we're working on two signings that we hopefully get done within the next seven days. And then we ended up with two signings within the next seven days. And I, 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 was, I took a lot from that, to be honest, that, you know, don't get me wrong, if the two signings hadn't come in, it might not have been his fault that they never came in. But 
you know, you you feel like when Ange chooses deliberately to say something like that, it's because he's pretty sure it's going to happen and he doesn't mind people knowing it. Yeah, it's quite refreshing actually, isn't it? Because usually the, the manager sit you with the, you know, I'm not going to talk about other teams' players or I know the discussion was working in the background and they kind of brush it off, but he's been fairly, fairly clear um, about what he, what he says is, is what happens and I like that and I think that, that bodes well just in general, Rianne. I think one of the things we've all spoken about is how he conducts himself with the press and the media and, and the things he does and he tends to just kind of say it as it is and mm-hmm. I think that's a good quality, it's a good quality in a human anyway, but it's, um, it's certainly refreshing in a manager to be fairly transparent. I think yeah. obviously the things they can't say, they kind of say, oh, I'm trying to get rid of a jetty and, and uh, <laughs> I can't, do you know what I mean? I, I can't stand soon, so I want him out. There's a, there is a limit, obviously, but I think uh, I think he's been pretty pretty clear because obviously he understands the anxiety that Celtic fans are going through in a transfer window. You know, it's, it, no, even if, no matter how we got on last season, we'd still be doing the same thing. We'd still be sort of speculating, still waiting, well, oh, I want this position filled, we need this, we need that. And, and that's just, kind of what happened so he also understands that and he's trying to, to sort of ally those fears wherever possible Yeah I think I think that's exactly what he is doing and uh, it's just strange to have a straight talking honest transparent person at the club given what we had to deal with for so many years beforehand with back and forth and and this kind of thing so it's, it's interesting Lanky67 says on YouTube I think Ange will get two more players in a CDM and a forward that can play the front three, uh, like the shirt, by the way, Lanky. That is a, that's a classic one. So, um, he brings up a good point, though. There, you mentioned about this the CDM, which I think everybody knows we're crying out for. But I, I am concerned that with a Yeti still on the books, specifically, that we probably do need another number nine. You know, we've got we've got Kyogo and Yakimakis who can both play through the middle, but. I can't think beyond them anybody else in the squad that I would be happy with playing through the middle up front. And and as we know with both of them, you know, they do get battered about quite a bit. They can get injured, that kind of thing. Do you think do you think another forward player is something that's worth spending our money on for the season? I think possibly another forward, but I don't know necessarily another striker. I think okay. probably, I think probably a left winger is what we would need. Because at the moment you've got my aid and can play both. But you make the assumption it's Jota Maeda, Forrest Abada, mm-hmm. Rocco Vattel maybe coming on now and again, and then Mikey Johnson. So I, I think probably need another left winger, again, given the fact Jota can play both sides. Um, and the reason I say that instead of a striker is because I think Maeda can come in. So if Kyogo gets injured, you've got Akimakis. If he gets injured as well, I think uh, Maeda can come in. And I don't think he's as clinical, obviously, as those two. Um, but I do think he can do a job there. Especially if we are under a bit of pressure and we're looking to counter-attack, he's sort of tailor-built for that. Yeah, tailor-made mm-hmm. for that, rather. Um, absolute worst case, he gets injured. I think Abada could probably play as a striker. Um, mm-hmm. But again, if those guys are currently play as a striker, I think you do need then another high-quality winger. Um, I wouldn't be hugely dissatisfied if we don't, because, again, I think I'd like to see what Vata can do. Yeah. Um, however... If I was to say another forward, it'd be probably a left winger, not a striker. Because um, you know, you've also got the boy Kenny as well. Yeah. Um, it might be good to see what he can do even domestically. Again, yeah. if we're, we're, we're trying to get to this position where we're looking to bring players through in this pathway we keep talking about. You know, maybe having him there. You know, he's played, if he's got enough team running about him, that's very strong, yeah. 
he can't just have to stand there and try and put it in the net. And if he tries to, if he proves that, he ain't gonna need to go out and spend any money on a striker. So, so no, a winger for me, and um, as Lanky says, a CDM. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll never forget when uh, we announced that we'd signed Kenny. I misread it and my heart skipped a beat because I thought we'd signed your man from Everton that had been playing oh, right back. Yeah, and I was Don't like... Kenny CSC, what I a was like, who the hell has sanctioned that one? But thankfully it wasn't the same guy, so we're yeah. fine. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, it was, yeah, no, I, I do remember kind of feeling as if I'd woke up in some kind of parallel universe going, what the hell happened? But um, but anyway, no. Just, just me not reading what I was, what I was reading properly. Um, no, it's just that it's just an interesting one coming to the end of the preseason. That the excitement for me has died down a little bit in terms of because we're now into the preseason games and we're seeing Celtic play again. I'm back into the swing of watching Celtic play and things. But I guess the, I guess the thing that I've enjoyed this preseason more than any other is. Just the kind of calmness of it all, the the idea that you know things are being done, things are being worked on, you're not having a... You know, I, I felt like in years gone by, you've, you've kind of been poking and prodding at the club via social media or whatever way you want to put it to get information out of them because you were worried they weren't doing anything in the background. I don't feel like the... You know, they've only really come out to say things to us when they've had a signing to announce, but we knew that things were going on in the background. I think that's making a huge difference to how I'm feeling going into the season. Is that is that the same for you, do you think? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, I'd said, I think it was last week, that this is the most excited and confident I've been in sort of pre-season in a transfer window for Celtic for a long, long time. But again, that's just because of um, Ange and his team and what they done last year. So that they sort of they sort of exceeded my expectations last year. I expected mm-hmm. in this year. So that is the, it's not as much that I trust sort of Celtic and the sort of behind the scenes stuff so much so all of a sudden that I've got complete faith. It's that I trust Ange to work well within the sort of limits that will be set. Um, I said before that if you look at, you know, we had this idea historically that we'd sign these young players from unknown leagues or no high profile and try and develop them, sell them on. I suspect that's still probably the case. It's just that Andrew's doing it better than most other people have. Because he's saying these guys that fit that remit that actually fit his squad and his style of play. Mm-hmm. So I think we're still working within that mould. I don't think, although I think we've been a bit more efficient about it in terms of getting players done quite quickly and, and getting guys in, getting guys in that fit the system, I think we're still probably working in that environment. So there is a nervousness around that. And I think mm-hmm. it goes back to the conversation at the start about you know the money spent or not spent and how it's spent. I think Andrew's doing that particularly well and he's proved that. So there's actual tangible evidence that it's working. So it's not just the fact that I'm quite excitable and quite giddy as a wee human. It's the fact that actually it's been proven so far. Uh, if last year had been an absolute disaster and the signings had been all been poor, then I'd be petrified this season. Um, but even within that, there's still a horrible anxiety. Like I say, I'm Mr. Positivity at times, but I was still shouting the ball on the TV when you know, being conceded the, the second goal against Slager. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So you're still doing you're going, oh, you're, what are you doing? You're rotten and you're starting to blow in the corner of the names and then you love them all after it if you win. It's just, yeah. the football fans are all the same, they're always going to be. But if you look at it, if you could take a step back, it's actually the reason I don't do post-matches anymore. <laughs> um, because I think I'd done about two last year and I, I, I couldn't cope. I was bonkers. I was either too excited or like, too raging. There was, there was no in-between. 
it was the bipolar express. It was terrible. So I think, um, uh, yeah. So so I, I'm all right. I can be feeling measured just now during games. It's different, and I think that's always going to be the case. And listen, when you love something and you're passionate about it, it's always going to be the case. So that's the that's the job when you're a fan, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, if anybody wants to know what I'm like after a match, one of the highest viewed videos on this channel is uh, post a, a defeat to St Mirren at Celtic Park uh, during the Neil Lennon days, for which I was uh, in the in the throes of lockdown uh, in the winter, watching Celtic play one of the worst games of football I've ever seen, and uh, I reacted as as one might expect me to react. Um, it was not. It was not pretty for anybody involved. But um, that's not taught me any better. I'm still doing the post match or, or the match reactions and stuff going forward for better or for worse. So um, tune in if you want to see that. Um, I have no shame. Um, but um, no, I think we're going to cut things there. Um, I have places to be, as I said before. Um, I'm going to be at the uh, unveiling press conference for Morris Jens. Um, Represent Naxom, obviously. Um, hopefully, get to ask him a question or two. Um, primarily, um, whether him and uh, him and Matt O'Reilly are football friends or not. Football friends, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and if it's uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Laura does a brilliant job when she goes to these press conferences. Um, you know, she, she's very, very good, and she puts a lot of journalists to shame, or so-called journalists to shame. So. Look out for the the content that'll be dropping because very very good, Laura. And I think it's not acknowledged enough publicly. So there you go. Oh well, thank you very much. I don't know. I uh, I just ask what I think are interesting questions and hopefully the answers that are given are interesting as well because ultimately that's that's what we're there for. Um, and uh, to hopefully try and get some little gems out of the new Celtic players that are coming in the door and some of the old ones as well. I'm itching to ask him a question about Peter Grant, but I can't think of one to ask him because he did mention he was coached by him at Fulham and I thought that is a, that is a wee gem, by the way. Ask him about Rebel songs he taught him. He's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely him ask him what his favourite Rebel song is and what, what, Peter Grant, what, what, what things Peter Grant told him to say. Aye, I was going to say, I don't know, I, I would accidentally land him in hot water, I think, if I did aye, that. Aye, so, uh... that actually, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Peter was fairly vocal. I was going, I was going to say, Peter Grant uh, might have taught him some stuff that isn't for public consumption, so we'll leave it there. <laughs> um, thanks very much for joining me, Brian. Thanks, <clears throat> everybody in the comments, for joining. It's been fantastic. Um, if you don't know, we're doing match coverage, uh, a crossover between um, ourselves and Jared and the guys over at Celts Down Under. Um, so we will be involved in that in a kind of cross um, collaboration that will be live on both channels, I believe. Are you involved in that, Brian? Uh, I'm not, no. Um, no. I can't I I make it. It's the same. Usually buying myself a pre and post matches anyway, even friendlies. But but no, no, seriously, it would be good. Jared's a great guy. If anybody's not watched his podcast, watch it. He's a, he's a top bloke and a really, really good podcast as well. So um, it's nice when you've got a, a, a friendship with podcasts. It's not always yeah. the case. So uh, Jared's a top man, so look forward to it. No, we're all, we're all here to... Um, we're all here to... To talk about Celtic, which is the most important thing. And uh, yeah, we quite enjoy doing that, as I'm sure you can tell. So um, if you can join us for that coverage tomorrow, either on Jared's channel or on our channel, whichever you prefer, and we will see you there. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you again very soon.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.